Hello and welcome to Nutty Talk Sports. I'm going to be your host, Nutty. And today we will be covering five different topics. The World Series, Antonio Brown, Tua, the NBA, and making my NFL game predictions for the weekend. Now, before I get into those topics, I would like to just introduce the show because it is a brand new show. Um, I'm going to give a little insight about what the show is going to be about. So it might, I don't know how often I will be recording these, but uh, trying to at least do two to three times a week to discuss sports topics going around the world and the sports uh, sports world. So uh, mostly mainly the sports we're going to be covering is going to be the NFL and the NBA. Uh, those are my two favorite sports. Uh, you know, college football, college basketball will also be covered once they get more into their season. I know college football is kind of mid-season, so if there's anything relevant and big, I will be talking about those as well. Uh, we will be talking about the MLB, especially right now, for the World Series, we're going to be recapping games one through three, previewing game four, and predicting the rest of the series. Now, uh, MLB will be kind of one, like, once every once in a while. It's kind of, I'm a, I'm a baseball fan, but the MLB season is long, and I feel like Rob Manfred hasn't done the best job of moving the game forward. Uh, so now... I'm going to tell you a little bit about myself. Uh, so I'm Nutty. I'm your host. Uh, so people call me. Uh, it's just kind of how it goes. But uh, I am a college student right now. And, you know, I'm just passionate about sports. And I've always wanted to start a podcast. And now here I am. So that's a little bit about me. Uh, actually, I'll tell you the teams I root for so you can know my little biases. Uh, I'm a Dolphins fan. It's a little uh, it's a struggling, struggling thing in life <laughs> but uh now we're on the right direction i'm excited for the future of the team and all that so that'll be exciting for my nba team i'm a milwaukee bucks fan so that is just very unfortunate how the last two seasons have gone uh, we will be getting into Giannis further down the road and what i think he will do with the organization uh college football i'm neutral college basketball i'm pretty much neutral i do root for duke i know y'all gonna hate me for that but uh it's okay. And, uh, yeah, baseball, I'm an Orioles fan, so they got a long way. Uh, not a long way. They overperformed this season, so it'll be interesting to see how that goes down the road. All right, so now let's get into our first topic, which is the World Series and recapping games one through three. So game one, uh, Dodgers took pretty handedly. Clayton Kershaw pitched very, very well, uh, surprisingly. Uh, his postseason uh, history has not shown to be one of the better ones. But uh, he pitched very well. Uh, Glass now struggled, which I kind of expected. He's a young guy. He kind of, I feel like, is overrated in my opinion. Uh, Tyler Glass now is not the, the superstar that many proclaimed him to be when he was drafted coming up. Obviously, in the Pittsburgh organization before he got traded, like they cannot develop anything at all they're just a struggling organization and need need a lot of help right now uh they silenced the raised bats and uh did a pretty good job of keeping them in check uh that was all for pretty much game one game two the rays did end up beating the dodgers six to four where it was kind of a bullpen game starters did fairly well especially for tampa um Blake Snell pitched very well, striking out nine and four and two-thirds. Uh, Blake Snell's a very good pitcher. I mean, you kind of expected him to pitch well. It's just the raised bats are always going to be in question. 
they're consistent but inconsistent being the best team in the AL this year. I mean, Tampa's been kind of, like, especially with their payroll, that whole story about that being one of the lowest payrolls in the league, if not the lowest. I don't know too much about it. But, uh, yeah, Tampa did pretty well. Game two, the Dodgers batched, you know, putting out four runs. You know, it's just not enough uh, with the Rays when they're hot. When the Rays are hot, they're a streaky team, and it's it's hard to stop them when they're hot. Game three, which happened last night, the Dodgers took handedly six to two with Walker Buehler pitching an absolute gem. It was uh, – I didn't watch much of it. I watched the highlights, but it was fun to see him deal. Walker Buehler is a very, very good pitcher, striking out 10 through six innings. And silencing the race, bats only two runs. Charlie Morton surprisingly didn't pitch very well, giving up five runs and four and a third. Um, uncharacteristic of him, he's a very clutch postseason pitcher. You know, pitching in these, I think it's like three game sevens. He's won all of them. Uh, very uncharacteristic of him, to say the least. Tampa's bat silence once again as uh, Randy Rosarena in this World Series has not performed to his high level expectations they set in the ALCS, which uh, isn't. Like, you know, he's a great story. I think he's going to be a great player in the league for a long time. Uh, Really big come out this postseason, and I'm excited to see what he turns into. So now previewing game four, which is tonight in about an hour, actually. It is going to be Julio Urias versus Ryan Yarbrough. Sorry if I mispronounced that, but Urias has been phenomenal this postseason, posting a 4-0 record with a .56 ERA. Uh, Yarbrough himself has done fairly well. He's 1-0 with a 3.38 ERA. Uh, it's going to be a good game. I think uh, this game could be the game that like ends up being 2-1, to one, you know, very close. Tampa is the home team, so you know if it like, goes into extra innings, they do have that advantage, obviously. But the Dodgers lineup being as stacked as it is, I see them winning this game and going up to 3-1 to one in the series. I just don't see the Rays hitting getting to Urias with how well he's been po- pitching this postseason. Um I see the Rays as kind of like that. I'm trying to think of another sports world example. Kind of like the Miami Heat almost this year. No one, like, yes, they're good, but no one ever really took them seriously. You know, some people might have predicted them to go to the World Series, but, like, they're just a team that you don't expect to be this much success level. Um, Unless you're a Rays fan, you get that. But... The Dodgers heavily favored all year, and, you know, I think this is the year they finally get over the hump, you know, losing to the Astros and Red Sox. Obviously, there was the whole cheating thing with both those teams. Uh, not as much with the Red Sox, more with the Astros, but I think this is the year the Dodgers get over the hump. They're hungry. They're just, like, I think they're due. So I think they're going to go up 3-1, to one, and that will pretty much cement the series. I don't think Tampa will come back at all. I think they'll probably win uh, game f- uh, game. Yeah, game five. My bad, I blanked on that one, but I think they'll win game five, you know, make it 3-2, and I think the Dodgers close it out in six, uh, which would, you know, be nice for Dodgers fans. You know, they've been hungry for that World Series. It's been a long, long time, and uh, yeah, that's my pre- That's my kind of recap of the World Series. I'll recap game four, or not game four, I'll recap the rest of the series next show, talk about my thoughts on it, and yeah. So let's move on to our next topic, which is Antonio Brown to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, see, I hate the move. As a football fan, it's just getting Tampa all these weapons. What Brady's got, Godwin, Evans, Gronk, Brown, Fournette, Ronald Jones. He's got a good offensive line. It's just, I don't know. 
I hate it as a football fan, but as like a thinking about it deeper, the Bucks offense, you know, it's obviously good. Brady's good. Evans, Godwin, you know, they've had some injuries brushing them down. But I feel like, you know, I think Brady will get Antonio Brown in the right mindset and maybe bring him back down to earth, you know, get him back to the Antonio Brown he was in Pittsburgh. But uh, I don't know. I think I obviously everyone's going to say oh, it's going to work out. Everyone wants to say it's going to work out. No one wants to be that one guy that says, oh, I don't think it's going to work out too many egos. But uh, just like, going into the year, I wasn't that high on Tampa. And I think that's been shown in their games they've lost. They lost to New Orleans and then now the Bears. You know, the New Orleans loss looks bad, worse or worse now than it did in the beginning of the season, just because of how Drew Brees is playing. And, you know, the Saints haven't been that, like, top-notch team all year. Um, then the the Bears lost, Brady forgetting the down, all that. Uh, like, going into the year, I thought the Brown, or the Buccaneers, my bad, would be a 9-7, and 10-6 team. They'll probably end up being more 11-5, maybe 12-4. I think they'll probably finish 11-5, but... I don't know. I just never was really high on them, and I think Antonio Brown will help their offense, obviously, because it's Antonio Brown. He's a star. He's a stud, one of the best we've ever seen play the wide receiver position. But I don't know. Work like if we pull up the Tampa Bay Buccaneers schedule, I think obviously their division is helpful. They play Carolina and the Atlanta Falcons, which is just phenomenal for them. Because those two teams are, you know, uh, well, obviously Carolina is surpassing expectations. Like this year being way overperforming at three and three, which is a surprise to many as many of them thought they would be a bottom feeder competing for Trevor Lawrence. And the Atlanta Falcons are obviously one in five blowing leads every week. It's just, it's, it must be nice for Tampa to have to face those two teams. But looking at the rest of their schedule, I think the Raiders this weekend, uh, it could be a surprise loss for them coming off that big win over Green Bay riding a lot of expectations Antonio Brown the hype of that coming in could be a trap game for him and Oakland's been playing surprisingly well this year so I could see them following that one then they got the Giants which will be an easy win for Tampa or it should be the Saints I think Tampa gets that one you know bounces back Um, then the Panthers I could see them potentially losing that one in Carolina I don't know it'd be iffy then they got the Rams which I'm not that high on the Rams but I do think uh, the Buccaneers will win that one. Then the Chiefs, I think they listed the Chiefs. The Vikings, they'll beat them. Uh, Atlanta, they'll beat them. Detroit, they'll beat them. And then Atlanta, they'll beat them again. So I can see them finishing at what? What is that? Five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. That's eleven. That's around eleven and five. I think they could lose three more games with that. I think they definitely lose the Chiefs. I can see them losing to Oakland tomorrow. And then either I think they'll split between Carolina and the Rams. So they'll go one and one. I don't know which one they'll lose to, but I feel like they'll lose one of those games. So yeah, eleven and five for them obviously is good, which is like succeeding my expectations for them earlier in the year. But we'll see how they perform in the playoffs. We'll get into that once the playoffs come around and all that. So now let's move into my third topic, which is the one I'm most excited to talk about. I'm a Dolphins fan, and it's big news around the NFL. Is Tua Tagovailoa was named the starting quarterback on Tuesday. Uh, so it's in in the media. It's a lot of big, like questionable move. Like Fitzpatrick was playing well. The Dolphins are three and three. And it's like, why was this move made? And you know, I've listened to a lot of people talk about it and give their opinions on it. And the best one I've heard so far is that Miami. Let's say they ride out Fitz for the rest of the year. And Miami has a favorable schedule, and they could go and get into the playoffs nine and seven, ten and six. You no, know, 
the Patriots have been struggling. They could get in that seven spot, even the six spot. But um, what you get to the playoffs and what you win a game maybe, and then you lose, and then what you get? It's just kind of that's not the goal. You're trying to play for a Super Bowl, and then that sets the expectation on Tua for next year. If you were to take Fitzpatrick out, and that look, this team was a playoff team last year, so Tua has to get them there, and that's a lot of expectation on a young guy making his first start week one of year two of his career. So now you throw him in against the Rams and the rest of the season. And so let's say it provides a, I guess, a gateway into next season. So let's say Tua comes in, doesn't perform to expectation and struggles. Then the Dolphins can look at this year's draft and say, look, especially with Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields being in the draft, they are two of the better quarterback prospects in recent year history with Trevor Lawrence being probably one of the best quarterback prospects of all time, the Dolphins have a lot of draft capital to move up. Let's say Tua doesn't pan out and doesn't work out. The Dolphins can now make a run for Trevor Lawrence, which is smart for Miami. You know, you get to see, so you have to see Tua this year with the draft coming up. It's just like, without a doubt, you see how Burrow and Herbert have done. They've both played well in the whole thing. I've heard this as well. The whole thing is like, and there's three quarterbacks in the top 10. One of them's usually a bust. Now I'm not saying Tua's a bust for any means. I'm very high on Tua. I think he's going to perform very well for this Dolphins team with the weapons he has around him and Gaskin, Parker and Preston Williams and even Gesicki. But that doesn't mean anything is ever guaranteed. So now let's look at the other thing. You Let's say Tua plays extremely well with the schedule. They He's like, look, they played the Rams. It's obviously a tough one, Aaron Donald, and that Rams defense is very good with Jalen Ramsey as well. But after that Rams game, they play the Cardinals, Chargers, Broncos, Jets, and Bengals. Those are very much winnable games for this team. And if Tua can do that pretty handily or even play well against those teams, it's good for the Dolphins to know so they can keep him for the future. And even then, you keep look at the rest of the schedule. Chiefs, Patriots, Raiders, Bills. Very tough four games to end the season. I see them beating New England, possibly Oakland, and the Bills. I doubt it. But then you look at I've looked at the Bills schedule as well. I could see that week 17 game being for the division and putting in that Tua in that pressure situation is good for him. Like putting Tua in now allows him to experience pressure situations and just build and learn and be a better quarterback for year two in the future and go on because the Dolphins think that this is their guy for hopefully 20 years for now. Uh, so about the whole thing with Fitz, uh, everyone saw the interview that he did and how he looked like heartbroken and distraught and it looked like he was like really pale, obviously for good reason, he was blindsided and, you know, it wasn't handled well. Obviously I don't put any of the blame on Brian Flores and the staff. I put the blame on whoever leaked the information because obviously it's not Adam Schefter's fault. It's his job, but Flores was supposed to tell the team and he didn't get the opportunity because someone leaked it which is why I think Fitzpatrick was more caught off guard. If he would have had a talk with Flo and all that, it would have gone over much better, I feel like. Fitzpatrick, uh, in regards to him requesting a trade or anything like that, I don't think he will this year. I think he knows that he has to help Tua and uh, get better and be a mentor for him still, even on the bench, and help him when he makes mistakes on the field and show him the right way. Uh, as far as the end of the season goes, I think Fitzpatrick will be gone next year in Miami. Will he retire? I don't know. But I could see him, you know, Dak's injury. He could, if he is out for an extended period of time, because I know Dallas is going to want to pay him based on how he was playing before the injury. 
you could bring in Fitzpatrick for a year, maybe with how bad that division is, and then win it and maybe kind of make a run if Fitzmagic is there. But I doubt that. I think Fitzpatrick could end up retiring, which would be sad for football because Fitzpatrick is a great guy and a fan favorite of everybody. But yeah, so those are my thoughts on Tua starting. Um, yeah, so moving into topic number four. It's the NBA. So it was reported through multiple sources that the NBA is trying to start on December 22nd, which to me, I'm very excited about. I think that's good for the sport. It's good for the fans. And, you know, good for the uh, – I won't say it's good for the players because it's a very short break. But then again, they did have that three-month break or whatever it was, you know, during the hiatus. But it's a very important season for the NBA next year because it could be one of the best seasons we have seen in many, many years. We were saying that about this year, but after everything that happened this year, kind of fumbled the bag a little bit. Obviously, it was still a great season and all that. You know, the Lakers win the title over Miami. But we look into next season, the Golden State Warriors will be fully healthy again with Curry Clay and, you know, even maybe potentially James Weissman, which makes the Western Conference absolutely insane to watch. Let's see, you got the Lakers, Clippers, Nuggets, Rockets, Blazers, Mavericks, Golden State, Utah, Phoenix, especially with how they played in the bubble going 8 0, which is crazy. Devin Booker was on another level. You got Memphis, New Orleans. All these teams, it's gonna. The West is going to be insane next year, and it's such an important season for next year to play out because, also, you look at the Eastern Conference and the Milwaukee Bucks, Giannis Antetokounmpo. If they do not make the finals, and if he, they underperform again, you could see Giannis dip and leave. So you look at the Eastern Conference. You got obviously Milwaukee, Miami, Boston, Toronto, and Philadelphia. All five of those teams. Oh, and my bad, Brooklyn. Katie, Kyrie coming back. All this talent back on the court next year. Everyone's going to be fully healthy. It is going to be one hell of a season. I tell you, it's going to be a great season. And it's just the December 22nd start date makes everyone excited. And even probably the players are probably excited because even the teams that didn't make it, like Golden State and all those guys that were going to be in the secondary bubble, want to get back out there and competing on the floor again. Uh, what am I thoughts on the next season is will the Bucks trade Giannis if he doesn't sign the Supermax and I don't know when they're going to offer him that and as a Bucks fan it scares me as an NBA fan it excites me I guess as an NBA fan you know Giannis leaving Milwaukee would be interesting it'd be like bring a whole new scope to the league it would just make like let's see you got Toronto Miami Dallas and Golden State as the potential suitors if he leaves and maybe even the Lakers. I doubt he'd go to LA though. With the LeBron AD, that would just be a whole new thing. Make it, bringing back super teams, which we don't want. That if Giannis were to leave, the best case scenario for the NBA would be him going to Dallas. Luca, him. I assume Kristaps would be traded if uh, Giannis were to go to Dallas. So Luca and Giannis, that duo would be. So much fun to watch. I'm not even going to lie. I wasn't the biggest fan of Luca when he came out of the draft, but that would just be really fun to watch, Giannis and Luca. So you look at Miami, that would make the Eastern Conference very, very competitive once again, but Miami would have to give up a lot to acquire him. I would assume it would be the likes of Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo would be two of the parts that Milwaukee would want in that deal. Um, now Golden State, that would be interesting. I think Clay and potentially Wiseman, if they were to draft him, would be the two that go off to Milwaukee, leaving Curry. 
uh, Giannis and the rest of the Golden State Warriors, which Curry and Giannis, I know, have had really good chemistry when they play in the All-Star game. I know it's just the All-Star game, but they seem really, really, really good friends. Uh, so that would be exciting to watch. But as a Bucks fan, uh, everyone knows that Chris Middleton is a very big part in how the NBA will be shaped for probably the next 10 years to come. If Chris Middleton underperforms, that's going to force Giannis to have to make a decision. It would most likely be wanting out of Milwaukee. Uh, he did not look happy on the floor. Obviously, how his season ended with the injuries, no, it wasn't right. You know, I think they still could have had a chance to come back against Miami. Maybe that's my personal bias, but I don't know if Giannis is on that floor. The way he was playing in game five or four, my bad. Was she was just on a mission? Like, look, we need to get this. I'm tired of underperforming and not getting to where we're supposed to be. But yeah, those are my thoughts on the next NBA season. Um, now I will get into uh, making my picks for the NFL this week. So the Giants and Eagles already played. Uh, I did not pick that game. I'm not going to give my thoughts on who I would have picked that game because the, both those teams are terrible, and picking either team could have resulted in a win. Uh, I probably would have leaned towards Philadelphia, not just saying that because they won, but the Giants, I do not like Daniel Jones at all. Uh, I think the Giants should look to move on, potentially at Justin Fields, because I feel like the Jet. there's no way the Jets do not get that number one pick. Uh, it depends on Trevor Lawrence. Like, There's been rumors about him dodging the draft. It could just be speculation by the media as well, but all right, we'll just get, we'll just get into the picks right now. So Detroit versus Atlanta. Uh, I do have Detroit winning this game, even though more I'm using ESPN's picks and pick them, by the way. Uh, I picked Detroit over Atlanta. That's considered an upset. 65% of people are picking Atlanta. Uh, I think that's kind of ludicrous because Atlanta's been not very good, but neither is Detroit, but I trust Matthew Stafford and the Lions a lot more right now. With Galladay in there, he might be hurt. I bet. I don't know. I don't know much about Detroit. But the Falcons, with all the rumors of them splitting up the team, Julio, they're just that team just seems in shambles. I think Detroit gets a win here. Moose to three and three, Atlanta to one and six. Um Buffalo, New York, we're not even gonna talk about it. Buffalo wins that game easily. I know they're banged up, but you know, hopefully the Jets pull out a miracle because I want the Dolphins to win the division, obviously, but we'll get we'll just ignore that. Uh Cleveland, Cincinnati. I do have Cleveland winning this game, but I feel like it could be a lot closer than people expect. Um I like Joe Burrow. I'm very high on Joe Burrow. And they played a very good game last time they played Cleveland. And Baker Mayfield is injured. You saw how he played against Pittsburgh. Granted, it is Pittsburgh, but the Bengals are still very bad. That's why I'm giving it to Cleveland. You know, even if Case Keenan plays, I feel like that's a step up above Baker Mayfield. I'm not very high on him. But don't be surprised if Cincinnati does win this game or keeps it very, very close. Another difficult game to predict, the Dallas Cowboys versus the Washington football team. Uh, I do have Dallas winning, I think. They're just like they have too many weapons, and like Andy Dalton is a comparable quarterback compared to what Washington's situation is. You know, they don't have many weapons on offense. They have McLaurin, uh, Antonio Gibson, McKissick. Uh, their quarterback situation is just iffy. Kyle Allen, Alex Smith, Wayne Haskins. I just think Dallas has more talent, and they should win this game. You know, granted, it is the Cowboys. There was an accident waiting to happen, as Stephen A. Smith would like to say, but um, I think Dallas wins this game. Uh, Green Bay versus Houston. Uh, Green Bay, I feel like, should win this game. They're pissed off. They just got destroyed by Tampa Bay. You know, Houston's coming off a heartbreaking loss. You know, they're probably going to want to try to bounce back, even though they are 1-5. Uh, I think Green Bay goes to 5-1. and one. Texans fall to 1-6, and six, and it's just you feel bad for Deshaun Watson because the, the team they have around him just isn't very good. So this one's surprising looking at the data for it. Uh, the New Orleans Saints and the Carolina Panthers. 
91% of people are saying New Orleans. I don't know if these haven't changed since the beginning of the year, but I do have New Orleans winning just because, once again, the talent, Kamara, all that. Drew Brees obviously being the Hall of Fame quarterback that he is, even though he has struggled. Uh, I have it in a close game. I wouldn't be surprised if Carolina won. Either they've been on a hot streak or uh, I don't know. I don't follow Carolina that much, but Carolina has overperformed. You know, Teddy Bridgewater's played very well, but the thing that helps the Saints is Teddy Bridgewater was their quarterback, so they've been preparing for him. They know what he likes to do. That's why I'm also giving the advantage to New Orleans. So, yeah, New Orleans going to 4-2, and two, Carolina going to 3-4. and four. Next one, probably, in my opinion, the best game all week, Pittsburgh versus Tennessee. Very split on this one. People are 52% said Pittsburgh, 48% said Tennessee, both 5-0. Going to be a phenomenal game. Derrick Henry, Ryan Tannehill versus Ben Roethlisberger, Juju Smith-Husser, Chase Claypool, and that Steelers defense. So a lot of people look at the Steelers defense and thinking, look, Derrick Henry gets shut down by that defense. There's no chance. No one believes in Tannehill can throw in the football. You know, this year he has shown he's more better than what he was. Um, I'm a Tannehill fan. I don't think he was the problem when he was in Miami. I think it was the coaching staff and the players around him. And I have Tennessee winning this game. You know, I think if Tannehill's forced to throw, he's going to be able to make those throws. And I think this is going to be a cha- the first challenge where he has to show he has to make those throws. And I think he comes through. You know, I think Derrick Henry, you know, he'll try to do his thing, maybe go for 100, which is, like, still good. But the Pittsburgh defense is insane. T.J. Watt, Minka Fitzpatrick, all those dudes over there. Uh, I think Tennessee wins a very close game, uh, probably 24-21 around there. Uh, I don't know. I wasn't very high on Pittsburgh. I think, you know, they have overperformed and surprised me a little bit. Ben Roethlisberger has played very well. But then again, I still trust Tennessee a little more going to 6-0 and and giving Pittsburgh their first loss. So now looking at the next game, Tampa versus Las Vegas. I touched on this earlier. Uh, I do think Las Vegas wins this game. You know, Tampa coming off a big win, all the Antonio Brown hype. I do think Oakland upsets, or my bad, Las Vegas upsets this football team. You know, Brady, he's looked good, but not great. And I think uh, Oakland gets a big win and moves to 4-2. and two. Uh, Kansas City versus Denver. Uh, I think Kansas City runs away with this one. Even though Kansas City did struggle against Oakland or Las Vegas, my bad. I keep saying Oakland, but. Uh, yeah, I think Denver's just too injury-ridden. You know, they're getting healthy a little bit, but no Cortland Sutton hurts, and I think Patrick Mahomes is too much for them. Now, another tough game to pick was San Francisco versus New England. You know, San Francisco banged up, you know, had that loss against Miami, that bad loss, and then they came back and beat the Rams the following the week. Uh, New England suffered a bad loss versus Denver, allowing six field goals and only scoring 12 points, losing 18-12. to 12. I think uh, I picked San Francisco to win this game. Um I just think that New England has too much going wrong for them in San Francisco. You know, that big win last week, they have some momentum building back up again, that confidence for Jimmy G. Uh, even though they are do have some energies with Mostert, Bosa, all that, but I just think that Cam's ability to throw the ball isn't as good as most people think it is, and I think San Francisco gets this big win for them. It's a huge win for them as New England suffers a devastating loss. Um Jacksonville versus Los Angeles Chargers. I do have the Chargers of Jacksonville. You know, ever since that week one big win, everyone was like, oh my, they're not tanking all this. They're playing better. Obviously, they are playing decent football, not great football. They're still not a very good team. Herbert has looked very good. And I think the Chargers pretty handily beat the Jaguars. Uh, Then Sunday Night Football, Seattle versus the Arizona Cardinals. You know, a lot of people are like, this is a good game. I don't, like, I think it's going to be a good game, but... 
I think Russell Wilson, you know, playing at the MVP level he is, it's not going to be a very close one. Uh, Arizona, you know, I think they're going to be overmatched with the receivers of Lockett and Metcalf. It's going to be – it'll be a fun one to watch. I think it'll be high scoring, and I think Seattle runs away with it. Kyler Murray, he's a very good quarterback. Arizona's offense is fun watching him play, but I think Seattle wins by probably at least 10. And I'll get at the Monday Night Football game, the Los Angeles Rams versus the Chicago Bears. And in my opinion, the Chicago Bears are absolute frauds. Uh, yes, I think they will make the playoffs just because they get to play the Vikings and Lions. And just that they have a favorable schedule, but uh, their offense is absolutely atrocious. You know, I like Nick Foles just as like, because like what he's accomplished in his career. Do not think he's a very good quarterback at the moment. I think the Rams win this game 23 to 12. The Bears offense is very, very, very bad in my opinion. And I think 23 points for the Rams is very low for what they could get. The Bears defense is obviously very good. That's why I think they will make the playoffs and all that. But yeah, the Bears are frauds. They will get wiped in the playoffs. I don't think they're going to go anywhere in the playoffs. And then, quite frankly, I wouldn't be surprised if they did fall off, even though I do think they're going to make the playoffs. So those are my picks for this week. Uh, next time we have a show, we'll recap them and see how that goes. And so that's the first episode of The Nutty Show. Sorry if I uh, sounded a bit nervous. Uh, I haven't really done this before, but hope everyone that listens to this enjoys it. And I uh, hope to look forward to talking to y'all sometime during the week again. Thank you.